Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. This is episode 594 to be exact, being released on May 22nd, 2022. Thanks for tuning in. This is one of the best things I get to do all week. And you know, I do these, I like to release these on Sundays. Sometimes I record a little bit before that, but... It's kind of like wrapping up my week in a positive style and starting off the next week on a positive note. So that's why I like to do it. Thank you for tuning in. This show is brought to you by Keepers Concealment, the absolute leading authorities. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't bring a Keepers holster with me at this time while I'm doing this show. Uh, I was carrying in a Keepers holster yesterday, appendix carry. They are excellent, folks. They are excellent. And not only are their holsters great, but you should check out Spencer Keepers himself. He's a great shooter. He's a great trainer. I've taken a couple of his classes. He's also an affiliate of CCW Safe, legal protection you need to have if you carry a gun there are two fights in a self-defense encounter the first fight is using your tool which would be your gun using your tool to save your life okay the second fight is the legal fight afterwards to be able to go home to your family and not go to jail check out ccw safe And if you use the link that I provide below this video and in the show notes for the audio podcast, it'll take you right there. Your coupon code is KC10OFF, KC10OFF. That gets you a discount. And if you want a discount on any of the Keeper's holsters, all you have to do is use one word, and that word is Handgun World. And that gets you a discount. This is a practical show, and I am your practical hosts. So this week I love to talk about listeners and listener emails and so that's what I want to get started on here. So let me check my inbox. I want to start talking about some of the emails that I have been getting from my listeners. Jim is the first one I want to talk about. Jim R. sent me an email and he said hello Bob I'm a big fan and I enjoyed your most recent podcast with John Payne I took particular interest in your discussion of prohibited places to carry a firearm under Texas law John's apparent belief is that as a retired police officer he is restricted the same way a license to carry person is I do not believe that that's the case Texas Penal Code 46.15 exempts retired police officers from the list of prohibited places. Again, I'll say that. Texas Penal Code 46 exempts retired peace officers from the list of prohibited places. An honorably retired peace officer or other qualified retired law enforcement officer who holds a certificate of proficiency 
and is carrying a photo identification that's issued by federal, state, or local law enforcement as applicable, and that verifies that that officer is honorably retired peace officer, peace officer or other qualified retirement law, retired law enfor- uh, enforcement officer. So, Jim, thank you for correcting that. If you are a retired peace officer in Texas, you're not prohibited as a licensed to carry instructor, a licensed to carry a person is prohibited. So perhaps that's a, a slight error that we made. You know, um, I've been wrong before on my podcast. Not very often. I'm just joking, okay? I get things wrong occasionally. I admit it, maybe John was thinking of something else. I don't know. Um, I'll reach out to him. He listens to this show. Maybe he will respond, but I'll reach out to him and see what his response is. But I definitely wanted to share that with you from Jim R. Another email that came in that I think is uh, uh, something that's kind of it's it, well. This is a good response, uh, Scott, who likes to respond. Scott from Virginia, I believe, who likes to respond. He said uh, your episode was right on point. He was talking about episode five ninety two, where I was basically mentioning that words mean things. People forget that words have meaning, and the anti-gun people have learned to control the narrative. What a great point that is! Controlling the narrative. This is what politicians do. They make a living at controlling the narrative. The anti-gun people do too. We cannot let them continue to control the narrative. We have to do it. Pro-gun people. Even conservative groups use gun violence as a term, Scott says. Yeah, he's right. You're right, Scott. Even, even conser- I just heard it. Who was it? Somebody else was. It was a, um, it was a Republican. It was a Republican running for... A in a Republican primary recently, running for Senate, I believe, United States Senate, and he used the word gun violence, and he says we need more public speakers and uh, and less camo. Scott from Virginia, that's that's very very true. Nothing is more accurate than what you said. Why do we have people who supposedly politicians mostly? who are supposedly pro-gun using the term gun violence. Gun violence does not exist, as I mentioned last week. Guns don't commit violence on their own. This firearm, this Shadow Systems DR920 Elite, my favorite pistol that I own, it does not commit violence. This is an inanimate object. It's a machine. Okay, it doesn't do, it doesn't have a mind of its own, it doesn't have a personality, it does not commit violence. Whoever uses these tools commits violence. Got a question for you. How about my pocket knife? Can I commit violence with my knife? What do you think? Yeah, I can commit violence with my pocket knife. It's not a gun. But again, it's me committing violence with that tool. What about my 
flashlight. What about my pocket flashlight? This is a stream light. Um, let's see here. Can't read the model number on it because I don't have my glasses on. It's a Streamlight uh, uh, pocket flashlight. There it is. Protec 2LX. Can I commit violence with this? Yes, I can. I can commit violence. This is a blunt object. Uh, if I know what I'm doing and I've taken a little bit of training with it, I can put a hurt on somebody. I can commit violence. I don't. You guys know I'm not a violent, violent person. That's not me. Okay, I am not a violent person. Violent people use tools to commit violence, but we should not call it gun violence. Scott from Virginia. That is a great, that's a great email. I'm glad that you sent, to, sent that to me. I'm looking for another one here. Um, the same Scott from Virginia also commented, and he was talking about the recent interview I did with Ben Branham. He said, the training mistakes I see are people who practice skills which they already perform well. Wow, let's talk about that. Practicing skills you already perform well. Just the other day, Spencer Keepers put a uh, video on Facebook. Follow him on Facebook if you haven't. He set a personal best in one of his drills. I think it was like 1.75 seconds or something crazy like that. Five rounds. And uh, I can't do that. Wow. I can't even consistently break three seconds in that drill that Spencer Keepers does. More like it's usually around four to four and a half seconds for me. I need, I need a whole lot more practice. So I can't perform that skill extremely well. I keep practicing that. I like to practice what I cannot do well. Because that's why I need the practice. I can't do it well. For a lot of us, it seems to be easy to practice what we do well because it's fun. It makes us feel good. It's self-gratifying. If we're showing off to some friends, it makes it a lot easier to show off what you're doing, right? Because, hey, look at this, you know, bang, 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 bang. Look at those holes I just made in the target, okay? And we slow fire. Boom. Oh, look at that. Look where I hit. And we slow down. Boom! Oh, okay, half an inch from the last time. And we slow down again. Boom! Look at that, another half inch. And that's what's fun, but you know what? That's not training. That's not practicing. You know, that's not even developing any skills. You're doing something that you can already do. So, Scott said... Um, your step-up drill works well, and I added a time component, draw to completion in 3.5 seconds, which is easy for one shot, not so easy for five, especially if you use a 3x5 index card. My step-up drill, check it out. Uh, it's a modified version of Spencer Keeper's drill. And uh, go, to, go to my Patreon page, for those of you who are Patreon supporters, if you're not, there's a link below this video or in the show notes for this audio podcast. You can support me and you can support me for as little as $3 a month and check out some of these drills that I have on my Patreon page. And I'm glad that Scott has taken that and he's made it his own. See, I want you to internalize the information that I cover. 
on this show. Make it your own. Internalize it. Customize it for yourself. He's added a time element to it. So basically my drill is draw one shot on target. Carefully and reluctantly reholster. Draw two shots on target. Carefully reholster and keep doing that three shots, four shots, and five shots. You know, and I try to pick up the pace. And, and when I do that drill over and over and over again, I like what Scott says, adding the time component is going to make it harder for me. And so I like to practice that because, the only, in my opinion, the only way you build skill is to practice something that's difficult for you to do. And that is uh, a stretch. Okay? You have to be able to, you have to be able to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. That's the most important thing, I think, is don't be afraid to fail. See, failure is really nothing but a learning experience. You can laugh about your failure. You know, you can kind of be humorous about your failure, and you can learn, and it's an opportunity to practice. It's an opportunity to be able to find out what your limit is. You definitely need to know what your limit is, and if you don't know what it is, Practice harder, train a little harder, and figure out what that limit is. Okay, so let's get to another email. Uh, I think I am going to talk about one more. Let's see if I can find that real quick. And oh, uh, one guy, Randy sent me a picture of his wife's Glock 42 because I was talking about that several weeks back. Go back and, and listen to that recent episode at handgunworld.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find at handgunworld.com, you can find all my older episodes. Wherever you get your podcasts, I think you can probably find like the last 100 or the last 150 uh, podcasts. Okay. Um, I think... For now, for this segment, that's probably all I'm going to cover as far as emails that have recently come to me. Uh, Let me just say this also. Let's start controlling the narrative. I just talked about this a little earlier in the episode. Let's control the narrative. I believe those of us who are advocates of the Second Amendment Uh, let's start controlling the narrative. Let's get out in front and make our message heard up in front. And let's have good reasoning. Let's have good discussion. Let's have facts on our side. We got to have facts on our side. These tools, these firearms, are used to protect people more every week than they are used to commit violence by people. And notice I did not say gun violence. These are tools. These are used by people to commit violence, but they're also in larger proportion used to protect people's lives and the lives of their loved ones. So I'm getting out in front right now and I'm pointing that out with fact. And let's start controlling that narrative because I'm sure there's somebody listening to this show right now that is thinking, you know what, where I live, I live way out in the country. I live way out 
in wherever. The cops are never going to get here if something happens. So I need to provide my own protection. Last week, John and I, John Payne and I, were talking about places that create their business as a gun-free zone. And whenever an owner does that, whenever a property owner creates their business as a gun-free zone, like here in Texas, for example, putting in the proper signs, now they have taken away my right to protect myself. And I think it would be a smart move for owners, like, for example, if they're a store owner and they want to put the proper signs up in Texas that creates their business to be a gun-free zone, I think it'd be a very smart move for them to provide me some protection while I'm there. We all know what just recently happened in, in the Buffalo, New York area. What if I'm in a store here in San Antonio and somebody decides they're going to come in the store and start shooting? Where's my protection? If the store owner wants to prohibit me from using this tool to protect myself, then where are the people that are going to protect me if something bad happens in the store? Where are they? Why isn't the owner providing that for me? Because I have a right to life. I have a right to live. And if I'm in that situation where a mass shooter comes into the grocery store where I'm buying some food, I have a right to defend myself if I am allowed to carry the proper tools. But if I'm not allowed to carry the proper tool, then where's my protection? Where is the armed security guard at the door who is willing to fight back? Hopefully that armed security guard's not a FUD. Hopefully he or she is willing to intervene and do something and shoot back and take out that bad guy before he shoots me and several other people in the store. So I, I want you to think about that. Uh, I think that they should provide a basic level of protection if they're going to make their premises a gun-free zone. What do you think? I'd like to hear your comments. You guys know I'm very open-minded. I would like to hear your comments. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Put a comment below this video. Put a comment on Facebook or on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on a couple of others. I always put a link up for each one of these shows, even on my website at handgunworld.com. You can put, uh, or you can send me an email. Like, uh, like, a, like some uh, emails I just covered today from some excellent listeners. So I'd like to hear what you say. That's the end of segment one. There's more to this show. This concludes segment one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, for those of you watching this on YouTube, please like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Check out the links below. My sponsors, Keepers Concealment and Concealment Solutions. Support me on Patreon. There's a link down there. And I will uh, talk to you next time. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Next segment coming right up after a short break.
Well, yeah, it's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions mostly, uh, some murder, uh, occasional rape, uh, and I'm a huge advocate of gun control. Absolutely, uh, competition is stiff, and it it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window, that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is, allowing citizens to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, no one should have to work under, under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal, absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so it doesn't really bother me. <clears throat> I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity. No doubt. This is no Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, there may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation because criminals prefer unarmed citizens. Okay, I'm back with you. This is the audio version only now. I have turned off YouTube. I like to record about the first 15 to 20 minutes of each episode. Let me continue with emails. Richard recently sent me an email. He said, hey, Bob, what do you think about this growing trend of gang robberies of stores and following individuals home from shopping called the follow home robberies. You don't have to be a fortune teller to know that it won't be long before home invasions by organized gangs will be happening. Well, during the break, I I played that that audio clip kind of and that's on YouTube by the way. You can you can listen to the whole version of it and uh organized criminal he said i'd like to hear your perspective on this topic and what's the appropriate and legal response well first of all before i get into that uh, somebody emailed me and said that last week's podcast my interview with john payne was difficult to listen to because there was audio problems i thought that i had fixed all that i apologize if i did not it should not have been in stereo. It should have been in mono. Somebody said that they thought it was in stereo. Uh, it should be in mono, but I'm sorry if I had technical difficulties on that. I will, in the future, pay better attention. i got a different software program now also that helps level out the audio a little bit. So I'll be using that, and I think going forward. By the way, I was supposed to have another interview with a big-name firearms uh, industry expert, 
But he canceled last week. I'm going to interview with him next week. So next Sunday, it'll be on uh, this show. And that'll be the next episode. A good name, a big name. Somebody who really knows what they're talking about in the firearms industry. And somebody that I respect a lot. So you're going to you're gonna hear from him hopefully next week. And I'll make sure that the audio is crystal clear and that everything is up to snuff the way that you like to listen to it. So getting back to Richard's question here. What do I think about the growing trend of gang robberies and following individuals home from their shopping trips? Well, this is why you need to carry. This is why you need to carry and carry all the time. Because, you know, you, do, you don't know what's going to happen. And what do I think about it? Well, I, I think, it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's the perfect reason why you need to carry a gun so that you can defend yourself. He's right. You don't have to be a fortune teller to know that it's not going to be long before home invasions. Well, that's already been happening for a long time, Richard. It's not just going to start happening. Home invasions have been happening for a long time. And yes, they are organized. And yes, they are organized criminals in a lot of cases. Sometimes they're burglaries that have gone bad. Sometimes they are organized. I get a kick out of it when somebody says, well, I never go anywhere where I need a gun, Bob. Bob, why do you talk about carrying a gun so much? I am not going to go anywhere that would present the need for me to have a gun. And I tell this kind of like a joke and kind of not like a joke. Don't go home. Because you are probably just as likely, maybe even a tad bit more likely, to need a gun when you're at home than when you are out on the street. Especially if it's one of these follow-home robberies that Richard's talking about. So... It, this what's well I think is the appropriate and legal response Richard well you, you need to know your state laws Richard's from Wisconsin my home state I miss Wisconsin occasionally and uh, especially this time of the year May June July August and first half of September perfect weather up there uh, and this South Texas heat it's, it's great to be able to get away from here and go visit friends and relatives up there in the upper Midwest, and especially in Wisconsin, where I'm from, uh, home of the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers, who I have grown up watching since I was four years old, Richard. In the state of Wisconsin, you need to know your laws, but wh whatever state that you live in, uh, if your life is threatened and... If you are in threat of either death or grave bodily harm, at least in Texas I know that is the law, I can use my firearm to defend myself or one of my loved ones. So if somebody follows us home, uh, I'll be carrying, Richard, and, and that's just the bottom line, I'll be carrying my gun. And uh, folks, if you're not carrying your gun, well, why not? There's all kinds of ways to carry right now. It's, it's easy to carry right now. And there's all kinds of guns. There's all kinds of holsters. Um, you can pocket carry. There's pocket carry holsters. There's really concealable, lightweight, awesome little guns like this SIG P365 that I'm holding right now in my hand that I carry a lot. Or even my Glock 42. 
and or even my little Ruger LCP2 in 380, a, a great pocket gun. So there's really no excuse. Uh, you, the only reason that you are not carrying a gun is, well, if you don't have a license in a state where you need one. Uh, in other words, if you have, if you live in a state that does not recognize all of your constitutional rights, and they may or may not issue you a concealed carry license, well, then I guess you might be one of those that are not carrying. But if you live in a state like I do, here in Texas or many other shall issue or even constitutional carry states, you should be carrying. There's no reason that you shouldn't have at least some kind of protection with you. I mean, even if it's one of these little pocket 380s, these things are great. They're not the most ideal firearm to have, but they're certainly better than nothing, aren't they? You know, they're, they're called get-off-me guns for a reason. So if you're followed home from the grocery store, Richard, even if you got to pull your pocket 380 or you got to pull your little micro 9mm, it could save your life. So carry. I love what Tom Givens, I took Tom Givens' uh, training class. It was about, I think, five or six years ago. And, you know, he's famous for talking about how many of his students that have been in gunfights have won. And it's almost all of them. And there were three, I think, he talked about that forfeited the gunfight. They were actually in a gunfight and they forfeited. They did not they did not win. And you know why? Because they weren't carrying a gun. Everybody, all of his students that actually were in gunfights at the time of the class had won if they had their gun. They saved their life. They won their gunfight. Those that didn't win, they forfeited because they did not have a firearm. Plain and simple. Have a gun. Rule number one. Have a gun. Something. Something to protect yourself. Some kind of a tool. You got to have it. Then once you have it, you have to have at least some training to be able to prevail. Now, there are people who have won and they've had no training, but they had a gun. You see, that's why they saved their life. They had a gun. But wouldn't you also want to be the best that you can be with it? If money is tight, at least have you taken some kind of a training class, a low-cost training class? My friend Carl Wren at KR Training in Central Texas, he teaches very inexpensive four-hour classes that are awesome. Sometimes Carl teaches them. He's got great instructors that work for him. Sometimes they teach him. Even those classes, they're affordable. You don't have to use a whole lot of ammo. You're not there very long. Those will improve your skills. That class could teach you how to save your life with a gun. Just do it. Speaking of training classes, do you have a day? Do you have a day and about 350 to 400 rounds of ammunition? You can train with me and Ben Branham. There's still time. We're doing a class June 4th. In Houston, in the Houston area, northwest, far northwest side of Houston, at the impact zone, one day we call it Beyond Concealed Carry. It's our signature class. Ben and I have been teaching it now 11 years. You get two instructors for the price of one. Get signed up, handgunworld.com. 
handgunworld.com. You'll see a listing right near the top of the page for our June 4th Beyond Concealed Carry class. There's still some spots left. We would love to have you. Get signed up if you can. If not, if you can't meet us in, in the Houston area, well then, take a class somewhere. Get some training. My guest next week is a well-known trainer. And he's going to talk about the difference between fighting and shooting. You know, last week when I interviewed John Payne, the title of that episode was that it's easier to teach a fighter to shoot than it is to teach a shooter to fight. And I'm borrowing that from my guest who's going to be on next week. Fighters and shooters are not the same. That's not the same skill. You know, learning to either win a fight or get out of a fight, or better yet, not even get into a fight, that's a whole different skill than it is standing on a line, taking careful aim, lining up your sights, smooth trigger press at five yards, and put 10 slow fire shots inside of a four inch circle. That's not learning to fight, that's learning to shoot. But there's a big difference between fighting and shooting. One of the differences is, how can you avoid getting hurt in a fight? Let me tell you, if you're standing still, you might get hurt in a fight. You might get hurt, you might get killed, you might get shot if you're just standing there. One of the things I love about competition shooting that I talk about all the time is it forces you to shoot on the move or shoot a moving target. That's hard to do with a handgun. It's hard to shoot on the move. It's also hard to shoot a moving target with a handgun. It's very difficult to do, but it's a must skill. You have to learn that skill. Ben Branham and I will teach you. In one day, we'll have you getting good hits on target while you're on the move. Trust me, we will. And if we don't, I'll give you your money back. That, that's how confident I am about our class and many other classes. That is teaching a fighter how to shoot. But teaching a shooter to start moving and and strategizing and thinking and trying to avoid how not to be in a fight or if you have no alternative and you are in a gunfight, teaching that shooter how to return fire while he or she is moving or taking cover, or engaging multiple threats, and so forth. That's a whole different art. That's a martial art. And that is basically martial arts with a gun, is what that is. So, there is a big difference. And I promise that we will be teaching that, and you will be learning that, and that I'm going to say I think that you should learn that skill. Okay, that's enough. That's enough for this episode. <coughs> Hopefully, I've given you some good things to think about. Hopefully, I have uh, given you some, some pearls and nuggets of information that you can then take and internalize, make it your own, and uh, give me some feedback. Email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. Again, uh, catch me on the social media feeds or the YouTube video and put the comments below the video and everything else like that. 
Keep in mind, I do have an Amazon affiliate store, so look at some of the products on my recommended Amazon products page and do your shopping do your shopping on Amazon by going through that store first. That helps support me as well. And Patreon, like I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, there's some good stuff that I've put on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can support me over there. Concealment Solutions is also another one of my sponsors. They make fantastic hybrid and outside the waistband holsters, which I use all the time and I talk about them. ConcealmentSolutions.com. Handgun World is the coupon code there to be able to get a 10% discount. That's it. Shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day, and I will talk to you again next week. Goodbye.